Good morning, if we have not met yet, my name is Melanie. I'm one of the leaders here at Real Life Church, married to Stuart, and together we moved here to start this beautiful church. Ordinarily, I look after the young. That's a major part of what I do, so the under-18s and what we get up to in the community. And I love the prophetic and helping people hear the voice of God and understand the voice of God and get to know Jesus. So basically anything to do with Jesus, I'm I'm into. Um, This morning I've called um, this preach Inside Out. And um, I'm going to show you what I do, just because I want to let you into a few things that I do. Whenever I wash anything at home, which is a lot, like I've got, you know, a lot of men in my house, and they all like playing things, I turn it inside out. And I, I do that with everything. I turn them inside out so that when they're in the washing machine, the drum doesn't bang against the, as it's spinning round, doesn't bang against all the lovely printing or if you've got any sparkles on it or anything else. And then I hang it on the line, let it dry, because I don't want the sun bleaching it or wrecking the colour. And then I turn it back in the right way when I go to wear it. So I turn it, I feel like I spend quite a lot of my life just turning stuff inside out, doing this, flicking it out, turning it again. So I thought this morning, it might be fun if you joined me in this. So this is what we're going to do this morning. I'm not going to ask you to remove any items of clothing, because I feel like that would be the last time I would preach in real life church. So I'm not asking anyone to get naked here this morning. I'm going to pass around some of these. And whenever I say inside out, if you own one of my clean t-shirts... I dare to say. These are not from the wash pile. If you own one of my clean t-shirts, you have to turn it, whichever way you get it, you have to turn it back the other way and then pass it on to someone else. Does that make sense? So whenever I say inside out, you need to turn my t-shirt in the other way, pass it on to someone else. Does that make sense? You can have one of my strong girls one. All right, Ben. Nice job. I thought it did. Um, Because I don't want to cause any injury or harm, Ben, would you just deliver that to someone and not cause any injury or harm? Thanks. Uh, Exactly. I did wonder about a T-shirt cannon. Um, Now I'll just leave my hangers there. Could you also, this is a shameless plug for Alpha, so if you haven't invited anyone yet on the Ask Anything night, when you get this t-shirt and you turn it inside out, think about who you might want to invite. So I'm going to do you a little practice, so you know, blah, 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 inside out. So now if you are holding the t-shirt, turn it the other way, turn it inside out, and then pass it on to someone, Okay. If they have the t-shirt, whenever I say inside out, they turn it again and pass it on. Got it? So during my preach, there will probably be some laughter, some hilarity, some throwing of t-shirts. I normally speak to young people. I can totally cope with that. So inside out. Did you get that? Inside out. 
What I want to speak to you about this morning is how the work of the Spirit works from within us and works its way out. So I didn't say there, you'll, you'll appreciate that, I didn't say inside out because I didn't really want you changing t-shirts inside out. So the work of the Spirit happens within us and works its way out. You should be able to see, to be honest, if someone's full of the Holy Spirit and not because they can tell you a story about it, but because it's evident in their lives because you can see this thing that has worked within their heart and is now walking around. So in fairness, I shouldn't have to ask you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? I should already be able to see it. And in your own lives, you should already be able to see evidence of what it means that God has done something in your heart. So I was filled with the Holy Spirit fairly soon after I became a Christian. And I got saved at the time where, where there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So it was quite normal in the church I was a part of for people to shake, cry, fall on the floor in worship times. Like physical manifestations were quite normal. I have to be honest, I thought it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I remember standing in times of worship. I'm a really physical person. I love being outdoors, running, jumping, climbing. I, I, I enjoy all of that side of stuff. I do not enjoy being out of control of my body. I don't like, you know, things just happening that I'm, I'm not in charge of. So I remember seeing it all and thinking, oh man, like I love Jesus, want to follow Jesus. That slightly strange stuff they can keep. And, and I remember seeing people fall over, shake, laugh, shriek. And I just remember thinking, I don't, I'm not really up for that. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit, what it felt like for me is God entered my life and this immense sense of peace literally flooded through me. I think the person who was praying for me would have seen nothing spectacular going on. In fact, they probably walked away and thought, oh man, she was hard work to pray for. Because physically on the outside, I don't think it looked like a lot at all. Inside, I felt like God himself emptied himself into me and I felt at home. I felt literally like I was like, my gosh, I could just be here forever. I've had that same experience many times. That kind of filling of the Holy Spirit where I've just felt like, it's okay, God is here. And it even happened a few weeks ago when Levi had his accident and came in. And I remember kneeling down and I felt this hush and this real sense of God just flooding in. And I sat there, I thought, this will be okay, God is here. And I had that real flooding sense of, I didn't shake, I didn't fall to the ground, nothing. But inside, something happened that then changed me outside. It was an inside-out job. <laughs> I have felt and experienced that time and time again, where I've literally felt the filling of the Spirit, where he has come in and he has said, I'm here. And I felt my whole body has hushed, everything around me has hushed, and I thought, it's okay, I'm home, God is here. And then I have acted out of that. I have also experienced the Holy Spirit in ways that have literally knocked me off my feet. 
So I have experienced the Holy Spirit in ways that have been so powerful that I haven't been able to stay standing. And that hasn't been a, I fell over or I ended up on the ground because I chose to be there. It was like what was going on inside of me was so powerful that I just couldn't stay standing. So I've told some of you before that I've had this experience of a fireball where, where the guy who was prophesying kind of like rolled up this fireball and was throwing it at people. And I just felt it was, quite frankly, the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. And I thought, people must be getting whipped up in this, caught up in this. And then he threw this thing at me and it hit me in my gut and I fell to the ground. There are even times in worship times when the Holy Spirit's moving that I can feel that fire. I know that God did something incredible inside of me that has worked its way out in my life. I also remember being at the Brighton conference one year, which was a leaders conference they ran every year. And the the guy speaking at it spoke about the cup that Jesus talked about in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said to God, if it's possible for you to take this cup from me, please do but then he submits to the Father's will. And I remember sobbing in that meeting and being so utterly broken by what Jesus had done for me. And I remember being flooded with something of what felt like an understanding of my sin, an understanding of what God had done, and then an outpouring of love. And I sobbed my way through all of it. The worship time at the end, I just, and I got up And I felt utterly transformed inside out. Did you pick that up? Inside out? Who's got my t-shirt? Yeah. Where have my t-shirts ended up? Can you just wave at me if you've got one of my t-shirts, my clean one? Yeah, nice. Thank you very much. Okay. And I felt utterly transformed from the inside out. It began in me a journey where I basically set my heart on Jesus and I have not moved it. What he did in that meeting, what the Holy Spirit sealed in me in that meeting was a love for Jesus that I've got to be honest, there are lots of things in my life that have wavered that has never wavered. There's something happened in that moment that changed my heart forever. I was already saved, but something happened in that moment inside my heart that then produced tears, that then produced a life that was spent being all about Jesus. So the kingdom of God is an inside-out kingdom. There are things that happen in a heart that then get outworked. So we are born again from the inside and then it outworks in our lives. We receive the spirit on the inside and then it works out in our lives. So it's inside out. Our battle for the mind, everything that we like try and take hold of happens in here and then comes out of our mouth and out of our lives. Generosity happens in the heart. It's not because we tell you to give or we, it's because God does something in our hearts that works its way out of our wallets, works its way out of our bank accounts. When we care about the poor, it's because firstly God has done something in our heart in our house, and then it goes outside of us. So we don't run around looking after the poor outside where we have the poor within us. We take care of our house, and then it it, it moves out. The church is exactly the same. We gather in here, inside, and then we spill out. 
So Sundays, we're all in here together inside and then we spill out into our... We're supposed to come here, get topped up, filled up, get the truth in us and then we go out. It's an inside out kingdom. Even the way that God did it was Jews and then Gentiles. It went inside in the people of God and then it went out to everybody else. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, it was an inside out job. It came in the upper room, and then they spilled out on the streets. So we're going to open the Bible, you'll be pleased to know, to Acts 19, 1 to 7. So if you've got it on your phone or you've got an actual book with you, please open it up. It's Acts 19, 1 to 7. Um, so I want to read from Acts 19, 1 to 7. So if you've turned there and got that in your Bibles, that would be brilliant. It says this, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul travelled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them, no. They replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance of sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, They were baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. There were about 12 men in total. So this story, you've got Paul the Apostle who had been transformed inside out. So he had been hell-bent on destroying the church on getting rid of Christians, on, on making sure that those who called themselves followers of the way just did not last. And then he had an encounter on the road to Damascus where he was met with by Jesus himself and filled with the Holy Spirit and his life utterly transformed. He, he literally did an about turn instead of destroying the church or going after the church he started to build it like if ever there was a great story for an inside out transformation it was Paul and Paul in this place when he meets these 12 believers asks two really great questions I want to encourage us that we're not always the ones that have got all the answers but we have got some great questions to ask of people So do you know Jesus is a great question. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? We might not have every answer to everyone's questions, but we have got some great questions to ask one another and to ask the world out there. Paul asked this. He first asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe This suggests that you would know if you've received the Holy Spirit. 
So he asks a question and is expecting an answer. This suggests that being filled with the Spirit is an actual event in your life or an actual thing that you can tell a story of, no matter what it's like. So mine was very calm, very peaceful. From the outside, probably looked like nothing was going on. From the inside, everything changed on that day. I felt flooded by God himself. And I can testify to that. I know that. It probably didn't look that dramatic on the outside. But I can answer that question. I think if you can't answer that question, then you're probably not. And I know that sounds like I'm being a bit harsh. But I feel like if you can't answer the question, have you received the Holy Spirit then you probably haven't. And I think in this church, some of the things we want to help people do is firm up their answers. We want to make sure people have got clear times where they can say, no, I gave my life to Jesus. It's partly why we baptise, so that you've got a clear moment where you can go, yes. So even if you were saved at four or five, in baptism you have a moment where you can say, yes. I chose to follow Jesus. Those markers, those answers are so important. So if we go on and on about it and you think, oh, why are they going on and on about that? It's because it really matters. The answer to the question, have you received the Holy Spirit, really matters. And we should ask that question, but we should also be able to answer it. The second thing he asks is, what baptism did you experience? And, and he asks whether you experienced the baptism of John which was one to do with repentance, but John was also pointing forward to someone else. So John knew he wasn't the answer. He was saying, actually, if you get baptised or follow me, I'm pointing to Jesus. So I'm telling you, you need to repent of your sins, and I'm telling you to look out for Jesus. So he's saying, is it that baptism? Or is it the baptism of Jesus, where you've met Jesus and you've repented of your sins but you've also been forgiven you've also chosen to follow him you're also in a relationship with Jesus you've been changed inside out I don't see many t-shirts moving come on inside out he's asking do you know him as your personal saviour and do you follow him did when he died on the cross was it for you Do you understand that? Do you know that? And those are two questions in this season I feel like we should be asking all the time. Do you have a relationship with Jesus and have you received the Holy Spirit? And we should quite honestly do all we can to help people answer those questions. So do you have a relationship with Jesus? That should be a question in life group we're asking all the time. And in your relationship with Jesus, are you reading the Bible? Are you praying? Does it affect your everyday life? Are we taking communion together? Are we remembering all that he's done? And did you receive the Holy Spirit? Did you receive it as a one-off, like a baptism? And did you receive it this morning? If not, let's pray for you now. I think it'd be a great life group night if you went there, ate something, talked a little bit about Jesus and then got prayed for to be full of the Holy Spirit, I I would go to that kind of a night. I would consider that worth getting out of my pyjamas and switching Netflix off for. I would consider that a win. If I went somewhere, was fed, got to talk about my relationship with Jesus and then was filled with the Spirit, I could go into my world then changed inside out. 
These are brilliant questions asked by a man who knew Jesus and was filled with the Spirit. And one of the things I want to say to you this morning is if you know Jesus and you're filled with the Spirit, ask other people and help them get there. So if they are not filled with the Spirit and you are, help them. If they do not know Jesus and you do, help them. If they've never spoken in tongues and you do, help them. Don't keep it as a gift all inside that belongs to you. Share it. Help others receive it. So from the text, it would suggest that being filled with the Holy Spirit or receiving the Holy Spirit requires a little bit of teaching. So the 12 believers go, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. That would suggest that it requires a little bit of teaching. So I think the text suggests that it is a definite thing to experience the Holy Spirit. You can talk about it. That you really need to be saved. So you really need to have a relationship with Jesus and that it requires a little bit of teaching. So when they ask the question, when they say, but we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit, there is something then that is required. And you might be sitting here this morning thinking, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to whiz you through a few things. I've got a whole bunch of scriptures here that I'm not going to get you to look up, but I am going to get you to um, go away and consider, go away and think about. So the Bible clearly says that the Holy Spirit is God. He's part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's in John 15. So if you're making notes, I will pop this on the Life Group Leaders WhatsApp, all the scriptures. So if you don't manage to jot them all down, I will pop them on there. He was there in the beginning and he is all over creation. So he pre-exists everything that existed. And you can find that in Genesis 1. His name means advocate, counsellor or helper. He is supposed to help us. He's not supposed to trip us up. We're not supposed to stumble over this. He is supposed to help us. He helps us to be born again. No one gets to know Jesus. You did not find him yourself. It was not a clever idea. You did not investigate him. He did not answer all your questions and suddenly you decided the spirit of God was at work in your heart and he caused you to be born again. If you call yourself a Christian, it is because the Holy Spirit helped you. You find that in John 3 verse 6. He seals us. So he makes us certain that we belong to Christ. So he seals us and guarantees. This is something he does inside out. Where's my t-shirts? Nice job. This is something he does inside out. So in our hearts, he seals us and reminds us that we belong to Jesus. I'm well informed that Terry Virgo had a tweet this morning and it says this, The Holy Spirit is given as a pledge, a down payment, guaranteeing our future inheritance. He is a foretaste of the glory ahead. So enjoy the wonder of glory now in anticipation of the glory to come. He is a seal, a marker, a visible branding to show that you belong to God. So let's celebrate. The Holy Spirit is there to seal in our hearts a work of Christ so that we know it 
and we don't forget it and we don't wander away and we don't doubt it. We might doubt everything else, but we don't doubt this because the Holy Spirit has sealed it. He is a promise. So it's not if you're good enough, you'll get this. He is a promise from God himself that you will receive him. So it's Acts 2, 38 to 39 and Acts 3, 19 to 21. And he is a grace gift. And I want to underline this in a place where we have to work hard for all that we've got. Where we feel this need to work hard to gain anything. I want to underline the Holy Spirit is a grace gift. He is given to you out of the heart of God because he wants to help you become more and more like Jesus. He is not given to you because you are a superstar Christian and you've got what it takes and you're sorted and you're fine and therefore you can have the Holy Spirit because you're so good. He is given to you because God is so good. He's given to you because God is so gloriously generous and beautiful and amazing and he pours him out into your life. If you didn't have the Holy Spirit at work in your life, there is nothing you can do about it. It's not that you need to go away and read your Bible more and you need to go away and pray more and you need to get down on your knees more and you need to repent of more sin because clearly there's sin in your life, therefore the Holy Spirit cannot cope with that. He is a grace gift that is poured out of the heart of God. He comes from inside out of the Trinity. It's because as a team, they so love the world and want for the world to be able to be more and more conformed into the image of Jesus. This is an inside out job on God's behalf. And he loves Jesus, the Holy Spirit. That should be evident in those who are full of him, that they have a love for Jesus. He helps us follow Jesus. He helps us. He gives us power to be more like Jesus. He, basically, he's all about Jesus. He's probably the first person who coined that phrase, not real life church. The Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. Jesus is all about the Father's will. The Father is all about the glory. It's like, it's this beautiful team. The Holy Spirit is all about Jesus. He's always pointing them out. If you look at the start of the uh, Gospels, everywhere where Jesus is popping up or where he's inside the womb or he's about to arrive, everywhere the Holy Spirit is. It's like this sudden outbreak of activity because, oh my goodness, Jesus is coming to earth. And so the Holy Spirit is like everywhere. Anyone that's anything to do with the arrival of Jesus is full of the Holy Spirit. And then you go to the start of the book of Acts where the church is birthed and everything is soaked in the Holy Spirit everywhere all the time. I, personally, I think it's impossible to be a believer and say, well, I'm not full of the Holy Spirit and I don't uh, need the Holy Spirit. I just think, he's the one who helps us do everything. He's the one who helps us read our Bible, pray, become more like Jesus, worship. He's the one who helps us sing. He's, He's the one who helps us do everything. And then he speaks to us, prompts us, and convicts us. 
He's amazing at speaking. And so I'm going to ask Nikki to just come forward and Phil, actually, if that's all right. And if you don't mind coming forward, Nick, and Jeremy will give you a mic. I've asked Nikki to share something that the Holy Spirit spoke to her about. And I want you to listen because it might convict you because that's how the Holy Spirit works. It might prompt you. It might bring a tear to your eye. It might make you think, oh, I want to do something about that. This is how the Holy Spirit works. So no pressure, Nikki. But if you could model how the Holy Spirit works, that would really help me. Okay, so we didn't know what was going to happen this morning. So I'm sorry because this is not an encouraging, uplifting message. But this is a message that I feel like we needed to bring. So I've got two phrases, two pictures, and two verses. So the phrases are make room and fire. So months ago, we were studying Mark 8, and Stuart preached, and we read the words where Jesus asks us to deny ourselves and take up our cross. And I saw a mental picture of a person on a running track but they were weighed down by all these heavy, heavy bags. They were in their hands. They were hanging off the cross that they're trying to, like, drag around. And the phrase, make room, has been on my mind since then, but hadn't made a lot of sense. And then last Sunday, Jono from Live Village spoke. And there was just one part that he said. He said, the gospel is a flame to spread fast, and wide and I saw again someone running around a track but this time it was with an Olympic torch like this huge sorry I'll get upset this huge torch and it was burning like so big Ben don't get excited I'm not getting you involved today right (laughs) okay this is spiritually talking not arson okay so they were running with an Olympic torch and it was burning so massive and it was out of their control and it was setting everything to the side of them and behind them on fire they they might they couldn't but they were carrying on just running forward and running forward and I said to God that I want I want to be that person but I can't even run anymore I can't even walk very far and I, I can't even work. <laughs> and many days I can't even like function physically. So how is that going to work? How can I run with that torch? And then I read in Hebrews. So it's Hebrews 12 verse 1. Anyone who wants to check that? I'll just pause for a minute. Okay. So therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, everything, and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Sorry. And our races might look different. Some might run, and some might... Not, (laughs) but our fuel is the same. And there's something that Neil put on the group um, that I was part of um, that made it all make sense that 
The fuel is the Holy Spirit. It's the same fuel. The Holy Spirit is described as oil, which is a fuel. And for our church to spread the gospel, for us to spread the gospel, we need to each to make enough room or to make complete room to carry enough fuel for our gospel flame, like John said last week, to burn as big as God wants it to. Massive, bright, big. And the Holy Spirit, as Melanie said, will help us. He's our helper. And he'll help us to make room. But there is something that we do have to do. And it's only if we are willing to surrender our whole lives, everything, every, every, everything. And this is not me preaching to you because I've done this, but but because we need to. So we need to put every part, every, every single weight that we carry, whether that's a weight of sin, whether that's a weight of a career, or a weight of pride, or wanting to seek comfort, our families, everything. We need to put it on his altar, and I know this is Old Testament, and I'll be corrected by people who are well-versed in this, but we need to put it on the altar and let his fire fall. And let it fall and allow him to burn away the junk that we carry around, the junk that is weighing us down and the junk that is stopping the gospel from spreading. Sorry, I wasn't expecting to speak like this, Melanie. I'm so sorry. It's not me, you know. And then once it's burnt, and then we've made some room, and then we can be filled with more of the Spirit, more. And our torches can be set ablaze, and then we can run with that Olympic flame. And I shared... Just a tiny bit of this in our life group. I can see my friends nodding in the back corner there. And um, somebody very wise, and I can't even remember who it was in the group, said that, well, wow, what would, it, what would it be like if each of our torches joined up into, you know, what would it look like then if, if we all had a torch and then we joined them all together and we all ran next to each other? What would it look like? What would the fire be like? Well, how big would it be? How big would it be? But it's not easy. And it's not a one-off. It's not like today we can just go, oh, just do a little prayer. Yeah, God, have my life. Okay, right, let's go home and just carry on. But it's daily, hourly, a battle. And I know so many of you know what a battle is and what this battle looks like. But it's a battle of surrender, of complete surrender, of making room and then refueling. That's the bit that the Holy Spirit does and then pressing on, however that looks. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'll confess that I've carried like this tiny, like pathetic, like birthday candle flame. Like we've had to have so many cakes for Abby this week. It was her third birthday and she just wanted cake. That's all she wanted. Fair play. And it got to the point where the candle that was like the shape of a three barely looked like a three anymore because it had been burned out so many times on so many cakes. And like, that's what I feel like I've been doing for probably, well, um, 40 plus years, um, carrying like this birthday candle 
pathetic thing for too long. And I want to have this massive blazing torch, but I need help. And if we can all do it, just imagine the effect of all our gospel fires spreading faster and wider in certain coal fields and beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond. So I just want to say, is anyone else here willing to surrender and make room and be filled and set your fire ablaze? Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. Can you feel that? Can you feel that? So who? Yeah, go on, Pat. I love that the Holy Spirit manifests in different people in different ways, but I have to say with me, it's mainly tears, which is a real pain when you're trying to get something out. So very sorry if I don't get through this. Um, it, mine's not quite um, as big. We were literally just pray, um, playing through some songs this morning while we were rehearsing. We were praying, um, playing, gosh, uh, Spirit Breakout. Pretty classic one if you're doing Holy Spirit morning. But the line just jumped out at me that I've sung a thousand times before, and it jumped out, which was break our walls down. That's oh, <laughs> fine. And I just felt like there are people here today who have come with years and years and years of walls that they have built up around their hearts, around their, um, no, it's mainly around your hearts. I feel like people have built walls up because they are scared, scared of what it actually means to let the Holy Spirit genuinely move and work and fill them because they're scared of the unknown. They don't know what it's actually going to be like, scared of losing control, scared of actually life looking a bit messy. And I just felt really strongly this morning that actually what God wants to do, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is to start breaking those walls down that we ourselves have built up around us. Thank you. Thank you. So how the Holy Spirit works is he speaks, he convicts, but he also comes in with everything we need to be able to deal with what he says and to deal with what he convicts us about, making room for him, having walls come down, even those things, they're not our jobs to run around doing. If he highlights it, it's because he's got everything that is required to break down the walls, to make the room. So even what he asks of us when he convicts, he's rushing in to help with. He produces fruit in our life and gives gifts to us. So you can find this in the Bible, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11, Romans 12, 6 to 8. I will pop all these scriptures out for you. And Galatians 5, 22 to 25. He produces fruit in our life and gives gifts. He is incredibly general, generous. He shows up in the Bible like a dove, fire, wind, oil, and water. It's well worth doing a study on those words. So dove, fire, wind, oil, water. See how he turns up and what he does. He is incredible in what he does. And I'm asking Neil to share and then out the back of this we are going to stand and we are going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us. The worship time at the end here is going to look very different so we're not asking for more prophetic words. What we want in this next 15 minutes is for us to receive. So we will ask for a whole because we've had Nikki share, Phil share, Neil's going to share and I've obviously brought a word. We're going to respond to that today. So if you have something burning in your heart that you think, I just Desperately want to share this. Share it with your life group this week. That would be incredible. And pray for the Holy Spirit to come. Is that all right? So Neil, if you don't mind just sharing what you've got, that would be super helpful. So 
uh, Nikki's already alluded to something that was posted around um, the Holy Spirit as oil. Um, and that, when it was shared at a meeting that we were at, um, those five characteristics, I started thinking immediately about one of my favorite stories from the Old Testament. Second uh, Kings chapter 4, which is the story of Elisha and the widow's oil. Um, part of the reason it's one of my favorites is because we used to read it to Ruth uh, quite often in a little kid's version called Don't Stop, Fill Every Pot. I'm not going to read through the story. Look it up for yourself. Um, But in summary, a widow's late husband has debts that would basically lead to her two sons being taken as slaves. Elijah tells the woman to get as many pots from neighbors as she possibly can and starts pouring oil from a jar into them, which does not stop and keeps flowing until every pot is filled, giving her enough to sell and pay off the debt and then further extra to live on afterwards. And what really struck me was that, firstly, the Holy Spirit releases us from the debt of slavery. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. It saves us from the slavery to sin by paying the debt for us, and it keeps on flowing. And the only thing that actually stops the Holy Spirit flowing is our capacity to receive. And so I, I can think back to times when I've been prayed for, and the prayer, more Lord, has been used by somebody or by myself. What the story of Second, of, of Second Kings 4 tells me is that that is a totally biblical prayer to, pay, to pray. There is always more of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. There is always more that we can receive from him and keep receiving. And I'll hand back. Thank you. Thank you. In the story, Paul then lays hands on the believers and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They receive the Holy Spirit and then from the inside out, who's got a t-shirt, come on. From the inside out, they are transformed. So something happens in their heart that then spills out in tongues and prophecy. The Holy Spirit is for us who believe, but it is also for the benefit of everyone around us because something about God then is spilling out wherever we are. If you are thirsty, you should come to him and drink. If you lack power in your life to read your Bible, to be like Jesus, if you feel like you're constantly failing, you should come to him and drink. If you feel like you want to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, if you want to pray for the sick, if you want to uh, see miracles, if you want to preach the gospel in power, you should come to him. He is a never-ending well of water that is just beautiful. So I'm going to ask us to stand. I'm going to ask you two questions. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? I would hope in this room most of you are going to answer yes. If you are a no, please don't worry. Jesus loves to meet people. He will seek and save lost people. So if you are a no, get yourself on Alpha. Get yourself here on Sundays. Be around the people of God. Ask your questions but set your heart on finding him. He will obviously find you. Like you're not here just because this morning you thought that was a great idea. You're here because God is calling you. And then have you received the Holy Spirit? 
for the first time, the filling of the Holy Spirit, a soaking, a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Have you had that? I've told you enough about him. He's here for you, wants to fill you. Have you received him this morning? So if you are someone who has been baptised in the Spirit already, you've had that one-off filling, have you been filled again? Have you felt that peace, that love, that sense of God just flooding in? I don't mean have you fallen over, have you shaken, have you whatever. I mean, do you know him in your heart? Is he filling you? Is he fueling you? Is he the one when you open your mouth that is come flooding out? Is he the one when you need patience that is rushing in, are you full of him? And it doesn't need to be dramatic in your physical encounter of him, but it sure as heck should be dramatic in your life. It should look like something as you walk around. Not here in this building. You might shake a bit, you might cry a bit, you might whatever. What it should look like is it should be an inside-out work that flows out into the people around you. It's a grace gift that God gives to his people because he is good, not because you are good. Bad news this morning. We pretty much all come to Jesus on a level playing field where we're all sinners saved by an, an amazing God. It's why we worship, because he's so worthy. So if you come this morning, you should come thirsty. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Stretch out your hands. It is clear from the text that the laying on of hands is important. So I'm going to ask you to first stretch out your hands and ask for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you for the first time or the millionth time. Come Holy Spirit. And then we're going to sing and lay hands on one another. I'm going to overrun slightly, but I think that's okay. I think the kids' workers will cope today. They'll bring them in if they won't. The come Holy Spirit, just ask him. Neil's very right, that prayer, come Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit. And you might need to make some room, deal with some walls. You might have to surrender some things this morning. The Holy Spirit loves that. It makes room for him to work the more we declutter from our lives, the more he can do in us. So come, Holy Spirit. Let's stretch out our hands. Let's receive him. If you don't know Jesus, you should know Jesus. And then experience the Spirit's power to become more like him. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. If you didn't mind worship team, I think what we're going to do is just have you sing over us some of the songs and we're going to stand and receive and then we're going to wander around and pray for one another. If you are a leader in this church, so you have a role in this church that at the end of it says leader. So you are a kids leader, a youth leader, you are a life group leader, a set up leader. If you have the word leader after anything you do, I'd love you to, once you have received, wander around and lay hands on people. Ask them these questions. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If the answer is yes, move on to the next question. Have you received the Holy Spirit? If they say no, not ever, 
pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit this morning. If it is, yes, I have received the Holy Spirit and been baptized in the Spirit, but I would love some more today, pray for that. Jesus, come Holy Spirit.